everyone, and welcome to SAMA, a program which invites an expert each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we are lucky to have Anil Gupta to explain the happiness formula and how to apply it. Anil is a world expert on mindset and relationships. He has coached famous celebrities like Mike Tyson, top athletes and CEOs, and was a guest speaker with Richard Branson on Necker Island. He enjoys helping people overcome obstacles that prevent them living a fulfilled life. He was recently a keynote speaker in Medellin, in Colombia. He has been a guest at Harvard several times, is a guest speaker on Fox News, a best-selling international author, and a TED Talk participant. And today, he has become a SAMA participant. Welcome to SAMA and it's fantastic to have you with us. No, it's my pleasure, John. Um, I'm so grateful that we're here to help people because really the secret to living is giving and the more we can help people, the more lives that we can change, the more fruitful our joy and happiness is. Absolutely. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you send out in blessings, the better your life becomes. But it's a shame that not enough people realise this. They become self-focused. Their instant desires need to be fulfilled and they don't look long-term. Yeah, and you know, uh, people are looking for happiness externally. See, the problem is happiness is external, fulfillment is internal, motivation is external, inspiration is internal. So if you're not feeling great, if you're not feeling happy, don't go looking outwards, look inside. John, do you know where the most expensive real estate in the world is? Uh, Probably where you're living now in Florida? Yeah, it it is. It's in Florida. (laughs) This is the most expensive real estate in the world, in between your ears. Oh, and we let, oh, pe- okay. we, we let people into our heads. We let people rent space in the most prime space in the world. That's and, you know, it, if, you, if you can let them out, I mean, imagine you have a front door. You wouldn't let anyone in, would you, that you didn't want in there? But we as human beings, we let all sorts of people in our heads control our thoughts, control our joy. But all you have to do is close the door and say, I'm not entertaining that anymore. And all of a sudden, it's a big shift. Have you always thought so positively? Was there a change in your life that made you think, well, hang on a moment, Anil, hang on. Well, you know, there was. Uh, 2008, I was on the verge of suicide. I I wouldn't eat with a knife just in case I did something stupid uh, or or look down over a big building, but a tall building. I'd lost everything in the stock market, real estate, and that was the changing point. That was the adversity that changed my life because I, I realized that adversity is your friend. So from that day onwards, I, start, I stopped using the US currency uh, and I started using the currency of love, friendship, camaraderie, giving, being present, being loving, being caring. And I became a billionaire. Uh, you know, everything that we do is energetic. Everything that we do is vibrational. Isn't that appropriate? <laughs> it is. Do you ever have any arguments with the uh, checkout operator at the supermarket when you pay your groceries with love? <laughs> well, you know, I never go. <laughs> I delegate that stuff. Really? If, if, I go, if I go to the supermarket with my wife, she will yes. go crazy because I like just wandering and just, I'm a little bit hairy fairy, so I never go to the supermarket. You know, but uh, no, I never go. I don't fill up my get- car with gas. I just don't do it. Really? Yes. 
I don't have a car. <laughs> I don't need a car. We used to have six cars at one time and we just got rid of them. We don't need them. You know, why not look after the planet? Why not cycle? Why not walk? And I travel so much anyway, so it's, it, it, it was superfluous. You had six cars because you don't drive on Sundays or you didn't drive on Sundays? No, we had so many people living in the house. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So when you made this change, what sort of things did you notice? Well, the first thing I did um, uh, was I had to tell my wife. I said, honey, look, I've got some really bad news for you. She said, what's going on? I said, look, you know, we've lost the house. We've lost the car. We've lost all our savings. She, she looked at me and she smiled. I said, did you hear what I said? She said, yeah, I heard what you said. She said, honey, I knew that something was wrong. You know, your behavior was strange. And I thought it was something serious. And I said, this is serious. She said, no, I thought you were dying. Oh. That's all she was concerned about. Then she gave me a big hug. Wow. And said, well, she's and, a keeper. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> and, and then she said, what do you love to do? And I said, I love to coach and give. She said, why don't you do that? So I did. In the moment you give authentically, all the pain and suffering disappears and it becomes addictive. So I started doing events, six people, 10, 20, 50, 100, eventually 10,000 people. But it started from giving. And I, I promise you, when you give, you get so much back, but don't do it to get it back. It just happens. It's um, a lot of faiths and uh, ancient teachings are aligned with that thought as well, where the blessings, you pass them yeah. forwards, and you pass them blind. It's the law of the universe. Yeah. It's the law of the universe. You can't argue with it. it, it the truth is the truth. Everything right. aligns. So the happiness formula, give and receive the love. Yes, that's the first part. The, the formula is this, H equals G cubed. G times G times G, the first G is give. Give your time, your energy, your love, your commitment, your joy, your gift, your money. Right. Give it away, but not wanting anything in return. Right. And this one thing, if you just do this one thing, you will feel different, your vibrational energy changes, you'll just be filled with joy. Right. You'll walk faster too because your pockets will be lighter. What's the, what's, what's the second G? I'm, I'm guessing the second G isn't grab. It must be something. <laughs> it could be. Go, go, go grab. Uh, the second G is be grateful for what you have. Right. And, you know, we were talking about this before the show. Gratitude is a big thing. So if, if everybody look at your hands, they're at the end of your arms. When was the last time you thanked your hands? What have they done for you? everything we we don't thank them we don't thank our hearts our livers our eyes until something goes wrong right what's the, what's the third g the third g is you you have to grow okay. emotionally physically spiritually and mentally that's it if you just do those three things i promise you your life will completely change and it can happen today if you do those three things today, everything changes. The, um, the growth side, what things have you done to grow personally? What have I done to grow personally? Uh, read books, 
I've given uh, seminars. When you teach, you have to grow yes. rapidly. <laughs> I've said yes. I've said yes to people, and all of a sudden, think, "Oh my God!" I've said yes. What do I do next? And then you have to step in. Yeah. I, I've uh, traveled the world. I met with the Dalai Lama. We met wow. him uh, in November. Uh, met, uh, spoken on stages all over the world. I just did a TEDx, and none of this would have been possible if I hadn't grown. And the one sentence that made me grow was this: "Be so amazing that you cannot be ignored." And if you are ignored, it doesn't matter because how you show up on this planet will be this magnificent soul. Be so amazing you cannot be ignored. That gives you massive growth. I promise you, massive, massive, massive growth. Wow! So it's something which isn't. It doesn't require money. Doesn't require anything, but it requires a massive amount of attitude. Yeah. And and the the will to make that change. Yeah, and you have everything here to to enable that to happen. You don't need anything externally. Okay. You get to have the power. You get to choose your life. You get to control your life. You can run life instead of life running you. All you have to do is make that decision today. The decisions you make today will determine your destiny. Ah, uh, just a reminder to our viewers: if you have any questions. Uh, we're doing live streaming on Facebook. Hi, Facebook. Um, just type in your questions underneath the video, and those questions will be forwarded to me um, or um, via my hardworking um, Eva in the chat section of the, um, of the uh, Zoom software. And if you've registered online, you can just go directly and chat yourself. Absolutely. Bypass, if you have questions, them. just... It's bypass the middle person. Well, I've got a few questions which I'd love to throw you away in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, throw now, them my way. The hardest thing, of course, is family. It's so hard. You can't choose your family. You've got to be careful with them. Sometimes you're walking on glass. <laughs> and because you're so close, there's going to be some sort of uh, friction sometimes. Um, how, how can you change things so that you do things are more harmonious? In a household where there's several layers, like there's your mother as well as yourself, as well as your children, all living under one roof? It's a really great question. It's happening a lot recently. Mm. So the, the, the thing is, is when we have a friendship and when we have a, a relative, we have a lot more rules for relatives than we do for friends. So if a friend does something, you will let them get away with it. But if a relative does something similar, we never let them get away with it because we have a lot more rules. The relatives should know this. They should have behaved like this. They should have done that. Yes. That causes an upset. You also have an expectation of how a relative should behave and say and do and what. With friends, you don't. And then the other thing that we tend to do with relatives is we react rather than respond. So the, the, that's the veneer. The other thing is, you know, and the, you know, you have to play with this a little bit. As human beings, we love to make stories. So if, for example, I, I, I call my wife, she doesn't return my call, I could make it mean she doesn't love me, she doesn't honor me, she doesn't respect me. And me being a you know, high achiever, I will find evidence, a previous story to confirm that. So when she comes home, she'll say, oh honey, the phone died. All of that collapses. So you need to know what is the story, what do you make it mean, what could I let go of? What is the truth? 
So, and it's a muscle, you have to practice this. You know, there are buttons your relatives will press, but let me, you know, I have a personal story. I, I have a very close relative that we just don't get on well with and we tried everything that we, we possibly could and it didn't work. Then one day I just had enough and I said, you know what, that's it, I'm done. You are excommunicated from my life. I will send you love, but you're done. It was the most joyous moment of my life because I could let go. I don't have to spend time with them. I don't have to listen to them. I don't have to hear their stories. So even though you have relatives, you can choose for them not to be in your life. You can still send them love. Don't have anger towards them, but just let them go. It's okay. They will find someone else. (laughs) To latch on to but really? what, if it's, what if it's a rebellious teenager? You can't exactly let them go because they're going to go wild. You've got to try and... Uh, I had a situation today. I was talking to uh, some uh, uh, beautiful soul, very hard-centered woman, and uh, she's had a similar situation. I said, look, the biggest mistake parents make is what you're doing right now. She said, what are you talking about? I said, you are expecting your teenager to come to your world. You cannot do that. You have to go into their world. What are they working on? What do they uh, love to listen to? What music? Uh, what's their favorite band? What's their favorite sport? What's going on at school? Who are their friends? What do they love to do? What video games? Blah, blah, blah. You've got to get into the child's world. Well, I have two kids. We never had a single moment of adolescent behavior because we always were in the child's world. You know, when the child was born, Anything the child did was amazing. Mm. Then what changed? You started getting expectations. They had to do things to make you happy. Mm. What changed? Get into the child's world, I promise you. Get into the child's world. Change how you speak to them. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. For example, I would always leave the toilet seat up on the toilet seat and my wife would nag at me. (laughs) It's, It's such a waste of time. You know, and uh, she said, one day she said, honey, every time you do that, I can't love you as much. Wow. So I thought, wow, you know, I'm doing that and it must be affecting the love that she has for me. And I changed my behavior. So, you know, it's not what she say; it's how you say it. If you change the tonality of how you speak to your teenager and just remember, you gave them birth you're responsible for them to be here. When they were born, you gave them immense amount of love. They could poop anywhere, they could do anything and you wouldn't be upset. But what changed? You changed too. I hope that helped. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've got another question here that came through. Um, How do you prevent infidelity in the marriage? Okay, a very common question, very common occurrence. If you do one thing, it will never happen. And it's this, if you make your partner your number one priority, they will never leave you. But it has to be both ways. So for example, when people date, they're making each other you know, the number one priority, they get comfortable, they get married, then all of a sudden, they, they take each other for granted. So men want to be respected. Women want to be loved. So if a man doesn't feel respected and he gets attention from another woman, 
and he feels respected from her, it's really, really, really hard for him to say no. Again, for a woman, if she doesn't get love and someone else gives her love, it's really hard. But if you make each other your number one priority, not your child, do not make your child your number one priority, make your partner your number one priority, they will never leave you. The child will see that, the child does the same, their partner will never leave them. It's foolproof, I guarantee if you do this, you will never have a problem. You know, people say to me, oh, my wife left me, I never did anything. That's why she left you. If you had a brand new Lamborghini in the garage, you would look after it, but you didn't. You need to look after your partner, make him their number one priority. Right. Oh, yeah, that's just quite a, quite a heavy message there. Uh, <laughs> uh, other questions here. Um, now, quite often in life, people have a, a, an extreme low point. It could be through disease, through relationship, through job, finances. Um, how do you pass those crisis points in your life and survive? Okay. So if you're going through a crisis at the moment, I do not want you to survive. I want you to thrive. Big difference. People tell me they're a cancer survivor. I said, no, you're not. Don't you ever say that. You're a cancer thriver. You're a cancer thriver. So whenever something like that hits you, you have to ask yourself, out of those three Gs, which is the lowest? Give, grow, or gratitude. Always work on the lowest one. Everything will rise. In that moment you're feeling sad, give, because the pain will disappear. Then ask yourself better questions. What really happened? What did I make it mean? What am I fearful of? What could I let go? And will this pass? And you will know that this too shall pass. And ask yourself, what's the lesson I could learn here? What am I grateful for? What do I have left? Don't focus on what you've lost. Focus on what you have left. I was focusing on all the money and things I'd lost, but I had a beautiful wife and two beautiful kids. They said, Dad, we just want to be with you. We'll sleep in the street if we have to. Life is very simple, guys. Don't get attached to stuff. None of that's important. Right. Um, for choosing a job, how important is a suitable, happy job to a person's outlook in life? Can a job drag a person down? Absolutely. A job can totally demoralize you. But the thing is, you have to do what you love and see if you can make that a living. And if you can't, see what you can do to love the job you're in. Because it's, it's all up here. Ask yourself, how can I make my job more interesting? How can I enjoy this even more? What do I need to let go of? How could I show up differently? Could I do a different job in the same company? How could I be a different person here? How could I be successful here? Right. The, the problem arises when you're not resourceful. You always have to be resourceful. If you're not resourceful, it's going to hurt you. Right, right. When I was just thinking back now about your personal story, how 
you felt like committing suicide. That must have been very, very dark days. And then you you decided to make a, a paradigm change. But how, how long did it take for things to fully turn around, for things to really get better for you? It, it, it probably took about three months. Um, I, I remember I was um, on the first floor of a building and I looked down and I was calculating that's like 18 feet. Now, if I hit the ground at eight, I talked to myself, Anil, yeah, what happens if you jump here? Well, you know what? It's only about 18 feet. And what happens if you mess that up? Yeah, I probably mess that up too. I've messed up everything else. Yes, you would. And then what? Then you'd be a, a, a paraplegic. Oh my God, I don't want that. Okay, should we wait? Yeah, let's wait. You know, I'd have these conversations with myself. You know, it's whimsical, but that really, they were the things that I was going through. But I started to give, and that gave me some hope. It, it allowed me to breathe, and I see the world didn't collapse around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, was, I was gambling on the stock market, so I didn't have to gamble anymore. I had nothing to gamble. So that was a relief. Yeah. And being surrounded by people that love you, mm-hmm. focusing on what's grateful. So if you're going through something, this is what I suggest you do. Write down 50 things you're grateful for. 50? And as you write them down, 50. It sounds like a lot, but it's it not, does. you know, your eyes, your teeth, your oh, fingers, okay. Okay. your, 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 so you your hair, teeth. not your hair, but <laughs> a little bit of my hair. <laughs> yeah. oh, I've got plenty of hair, but it's not on my head. <laughs> X-rated. Uh, and, you know, and laugh, you know, laugh at yourself, you know, yeah. just have fun. Yeah, I've got um, you know, yeah really, we, we do, you know. Yeah. Uh, a sense of humor, you know, the lighting, the air, everything. And then also write down 20 accomplishments that you've achieved in your lifetime. You know, being born, being conceived, walking, talking, laughing, crying, peeing, pooping. They're mm. accomplishments. Mm. I mean, that's what doctors look for when you're first born. Yeah. And you'll be amazed how many accomplishments you've achieved that you've, you've neglected or not celebrated or just ignored. And then you'll realize, wow, I, I have accomplished a lot. The reason you haven't acknowledged that before, because you've always focused on the things that were not working. Hmm. This one exercise, two exercises will make the difference. And notice how you feel when, you note, when you're writing them down. Because as human beings, we do everything for one reason, for the feeling it gives us. That's it. We have a relationship, a meal, a house, a car, money in the bank for the feeling it gives us. So John, what would happen if you could create any feeling without anything happening? What would that give you? <laughs> uh, well, I'd choose happiness. That's a, that's a feeling I'd choose for myself, of yeah. course. You can choose happiness, freedom. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't... I wouldn't you be, choose anything you want. I wouldn't be in need of anything then because I've got it. I've got what I want. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I see this quite often. Um, people that have got the money, they, they could be loaded with money and they're so unhappy, so worried, so, so many burdens of life they're carrying. Yes. And they're so tight. <laughs> with their money. <laughs> yeah. Tight, fearful, unhappy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, yeah. I, I, I find that um, 
if they're not being fulfilled with it, and yet they've got all the money, they can buy what they want. They can buy any gadget, but they're still not happy. Um, there's got to be something, some other way. Yeah, and that other way is, is things that money truly cannot buy, which is what we've been discussing now. Really? And, you know, it's even more painful for them because they, they, they have this apparent success and they think they should be happier and it's yeah. more painful. Yeah. And there's normally one thing that's missing. So it's give, grow, gratitude. They haven't been giving. They're not grateful for what they have, what they haven't grown. Mm -hmm. So you'll notice people who are very successful, they give their stuff away at the end because they realize they haven't been giving. They've been taking, 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 and that's a pure negative energy. And that's it catches up on you. Well, that's the Western way though, isn't it? It truly is. We're in other cultures as well. But you learn from and you're told from an early age, you know, you go to school and you learning how to get a job so you can earn money and then this and that join the, um, you know, get locked into the system. You're not taught about giving. Not once in my no. calling was I taught about donating freely, either money or time. Not once. Yeah. No. And, and I went, I did the economics for, you know, <laughs> I suffered that for, a couple, well, I, made, I mean, made the teachers suffer more than me, I guess, for, for about two years. And um, yeah, I, not once, once was the subject and the importance and the value of giving was yes. brought up at all. Beautiful. Yeah, imagine that your professor comes into your class. Hey, guys, the homework today is perform five random acts of kindness. That's it. Imagine the difference that would make to people the compounding effect of that. When you start living a life through that type of, um, with using that mindset, your, your life does change. What you're saying is very, very true. Yes. Um, I, there's a woman um, who sits outside a supermarket. She's not a beggar, close to where I am. Uh, she's not a beggar because uh, you don't really get beggars around here, but she's very, very poor, very poor. And she's got about three potatoes that she sells during the course of the day. Wow. I'd go to her and I'd, I'd give her something. I, I can't tell you because then it won't be a blind blessing. But the, the point is, um, on, the, on, on my personal side, I feel good the whole day. And I feel like my worth has risen through what I'd done before. And I wouldn't get that if I'd gone and bought a shirt or doesn't, you know. Yeah. It's something you it, just can't achieve. It's such a powerful thing. So powerful. And it's got to reflect on our health as well, I guess, you know, Neil, where if, you, if you're very self-focused and um, a negative type of person, your health surely must suffer. It does, because the consequence is this, is that um, later on in life, um, you'll, you'll hold on to a grudge and you will not be able to forgive. And forgiveness is the express pathway to freedom. The quality of your life is dependent on the depth and authenticity of the forgiveness you extend to yourself and to others. So it really causes immense pain. Uh, it robs you of your self-expression and joy. And you're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. Did you change some of your friends when you went through your life change? When you oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Why and what type of friends did you decide to give a holiday and which friends did you gain? 
Well, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't initially by choice. I, it's just the people I hanged around with were supportive. And I obviously spent a lot of time with my wife and children yeah. and, you know, less time with people who would uh, perhaps more focused on something else. And who you spend your time with is so vital. I kept away from people who are unhappy, sad and miserable, who pulled me down. And that's something really, really, really important when you have kids. We were so careful who our children spent time with. Yes. But do you have much of a say? When they go to school, for example, they can make whatever friends they like. Yeah. At school, it's a little bit different, but you have to coach them guiding. I call it the aim principle, always improving myself. So we would coach them, guide them, nurture them, and give them certain rules. Say, look, you can have friends, but these are the things you need to look for. Someone who's kind, who's generous, who's playful, who doesn't boast, doesn't have an ego, is nice to other people, and kind you know, just a kind, beautiful soul uh, and, and will stand up for the right thing. So, the, you know, they, they were very picky. And then in, in the evenings where they would spend more time with the kids, we would always vet the kids. And at one time we said, no, you're not playing with that kid. And, my, you know, my daughter got upset. I said, honey, you can get as upset as you want. We love you and care for you and we know what's going to go wrong. And you're not going to do that. She got upset, but, you know, but she trusted us because we have this relationship. So when you have this relationship, when you can get into the child's world, they realize you're not hurting them deliberately. You're looking out for them. And that gives them trust in you. When they have trust in you, they'll tell you things. Like one day my daughter said, Dad, I'm having a problem at school. Great. Let's fix it. It's, it'll be, it's lovely to have the connection. But that's the very thing that Western families usually, I, I go as far as to say, don't have where... There's like a, a wall between the parents and their own children. And the children it's can so sad. Mm. Yeah, so sad. They won't even talk at the dinner table. They won't sit at the dinner table. They're all playing on their iPads <laughs> and iPhones. And it's sad to see because it's going to impact them in many, many ways um, in their relationships, in their children and the children's children. And that, you know, you, you always have to communicate and that's one of the skills that you need to teach your children. Empathy, kindness, you know, uh, sensory acuity, being aware of other people's feelings. And the only way you can do that is by human interaction. Right. If you've got your nose buried in the phone all day, you'll lose some of those innate skills, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Are you... Absolutely. With your own children, do you restrict their use of the phone at any time? No. Actually, no, I lie. I apologize. I, I, I restricted it once in the old days. You were allowed a certain number of messages on, uh, you know, text messages, and they would do, do way above the norm. We had to pay for it. Yeah. And we had to sit down and say, look, I don't want to take the phone away from you. I want you to be responsible. If you're in my position, what punishment would you give yourself? <laughs> Dad, you, I, I would take the phone away. Say, look, honey, I'm not going to do that. I want to know that, are you responsible? said, well, no. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. I said, honey, look, I just want you to be aware, you know, be responsible and you don't have to respond to every text. Oh, hi, hi, how are you? I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. You know, just be aware that when you speak or text someone, you know, just be careful what you say 
and you don't have to communicate that much. And if you can, call them. Isn't that a better way to communicate? So it's, it's, I could tell them not to do it, but then there's a little bit of angst. But if I explain to them, look, this is the situation, how can you work this out? So I'm getting them ready for another situation that may arise that they can, they can handle. Well, that's important because you may not be there. Absolutely. And you know the greatest gift you can give your kids? A phone? No. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest gift, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. The greatest gift you can give your kids is this. Give your children the ability to handle life by throwing adversity at them that they can reasonably handle. That's very powerful. Kids nowadays are entitled. We, we tend to do this. In nature, we do this. By you doing this, they will love you even more because they want to, not because they have to. Right. How old are your children now? My, my son is 29 and my daughter is 27. So when, uh, when uh, my son uh, was nine and my daughter was seven, we took them into central London and told them to get home by themselves. Gosh. <clears throat> if you see my kids, I don't know where they are. My son is about this tall and my daughter is a little bit. <laughs> we were 10 feet behind them, but only if they needed us. So they grew very quickly. So we're always giving them tasks. When my son was 18, he went around the world by himself. When my daughter was 18, she went around the world by herself. And they've been to places we've never been, but they experienced where, what I could have never experienced in my, in, in, in my younger days. So that gave them a vision of the world that I didn't really have. Yeah, wonderful. And, yes. and, and I, I guess with, um, with your, with your um, heavily distorted outlook, their <laughs> successes are your successes. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I'll take anything. <laughs> I'll take anything. <laughs> I, I do have an identity crisis. My son's name is AJ. And when he was younger, I said, oh, um, uh, AJ's your son. I said, yeah, yeah. Now, you said, they say, oh, um, you're AJ's dad, are you? <laughs> it's oh. flipped the other way. Like, he's got oh. more importance than me. So it's sad. It's sad. Oh, but it's good. I, I was like, you're proud, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not always. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's a, um, a fantastic way to bring up children, isn't it? Just to give them enough independence, enough slack so that they can make their mistakes, I guess. And yes. Them. Yeah. And I just, want my kids to make mistakes. What are you going to do about it? What are they going to do? I remember my daughter was in China and she said, Dad, I'm going to... No, she was in Australia. I'm going to China tomorrow. I said, great. Where are you going to stay? She said, oh, I, I don't know, Dad. I said, well, great. <laughs> Let me know when you figure that out. What do you mean? Aren't you going to help me? I said, no, I'm not going to help you. She worked it out. She had to work it out. Now, if she has that situation again, she knows I've handled this before. Yes. And it's not a problem. Yeah. It's doable. There are so many entitled kids on the planet. And it's going to be painful. It's going to be incredibly painful. Yeah. Now, we, you touched on this before, but I'd like to talk a bit about it now. Why is forgiveness part of the pathway to happiness? Okay. So forgiveness eats you up on the inside. Mm. 
it distorts your cells, it mutates, it causes, in my opinion, diseases like cancer. And, did did, we, did uh, we say that right, Neil? You said that forgiveness eats you from the inside. Is that yes? Forgiveness eats you from the inside. So, sorry. Um, I thought something might be, I must not forgiving. Something there. <laughs> not forgiving. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Not forgiving. Holding on. Holding on. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Causes uh, a grief knew, and pain. I knew you were saying that just to, just to make sure I was listening to you. To no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. Wise call. Wise call. You know, for the last 10 years, I've got, I've got that all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought, I, was, I thought you were going to hammer me for, for getting me wrong. I'm pleased you let me get me off the hook. Thank you. No, thank you for listening. <laughs> he was listening, yeah. So really, it, it, it eats you up from the inside. It takes up so much space in here. It affects your self-expression, your joy, your energy, your vitality. It yeah. sucks up your oxygen. It sucks up the goodness in your body. And um, it's, it's a horrible, horrible place to be. And... You know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's like you taking a poison, hoping something happens to someone else. Don't do it. And when you forgive, you're not letting the other person win. You never need to talk to them. It's about you releasing them from your life. You removing the power they have over you. It is so, so powerful. But it's so, so difficult. Sometimes some one may have done something to you, which is, which in your immediate thought, you'd be thinking, well, this is unforgivable and unforgettable. Yes. And to sort of step over that. Yes. How, how can one do it if it's, if it's something quite significant? Well, there is a process um, and I can guide people through it, but it takes a little bit of time. But the big thing is this, by you letting go, it doesn't mean you forget. Mm. <clears throat> By you letting go, it doesn't mean that they win. By you letting go, it gives you freedom. It gives you peace. You win. You get to win. You get to show up differently. Your vibrational energy changes. The people around you get to knew you. They get to see you, the real you. It's a Big weight off your shoulders. The guilt, the shame, the worry all disappears. The, no one can take that away from you, apart from you. The guilt, worry and fear that manifests to physical damage to your body. Yeah. Usually, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I was having a conversation with a girl on the beach and her hand was like this. She said, Anil, I haven't been able to move it in two years. I did an intervention on her within 30 minutes. She could do this. She said, I don't believe this. I said, it happens all the time. We manifest our pain, our worries, our frustrations somewhere in the body. In your case, it's obvious, but it's not always obvious in other people. I'll ask the question that's on 10,000 people's minds that they're watching this just now. What is this intervention that you just mentioned? Uh, well, an, in an intervention is where, say I'm speaking to you, I'll ask you questions and I'll say, hey, John, no, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. This is the way it is. You're misaligned. You're not telling the truth. You, you, you have a belief system that's not right. Look, instead of looking at it this way, why don't you look at it this way? Okay. You think, 
you know, uh, for example, is, is my glass half full? You say, well, yes, it's half full. I said, no, it's refillable. So basically, it's a big jolt. So you have suddenly to fixate on something else, but you're fixated on, oh, look at this, look at this. Oh, my goodness. Then all of a sudden, you get introduced to a new world because your eyes look in a different direction. So and let me give you an example of an intervention. So an intervention with, the, say, a teenager that's boisterous or adolescent behavior or, uh, you know, uh, um, or there's an upset in the family. Then you do an intervention. And it's really just this, uh, a process where you, you make them appreciate life in a different light okay. rather than fixated in one way. But it, uh, normally when, you, when I say an intervention, it means just a conversation okay. whereby one of the people gets an amazing life-changing breakthrough. Wow. And just through that, that woman that was so tense, so caught up in um, a mind set with one with um with what has happened to her in the past some sort of experience you freed her from yeah that. yes she had some and, and we all have this we all have ptsd to some degree but she had some trauma and i could i could ask her to look at that trauma in a different way what was a gift in that if that hadn't happened what happened in her life that wouldn't have happened how could she have changed the outlook? What could she let go of? What could she see differently? What's the different meaning she could put to it? Because she was so attached to that. And that's where the attachment came. And it's just a matter of releasing that. Ah, wow. Quite often it does take, a, a, I've been not calling you a stranger, but a stranger, someone you haven't met before to come in and it make you see things from an absolutely different viewpoint. Maybe it's because um, you've heard it before from family and friends and their familiar faces, but to have someone come in and just bam, just say, look, you know, look at it this way. You put yourself there and, and look at and, and, and see how things are it's totally different to how you perceive them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a process. You have to build rapport. You have to make sure that they're comfortable. Yes. Ask questions. And, and this, it's like a, a doctor examining you and asking you questions, you know, uh, do you do this? Does this hurt? You know, wh wh when did this first start? Right. And then, you know, it's like if you go to a chiropractor and, and you have a problem with your shoulder. Yes. You know, when I first went to my guy, he, he started looking at my ankles and I was upset. I said, look, my problem's up here. He said, look, Anil, your problem's up here, but I have to make sure that the causes are in your ankles and knees because if I fix this and it comes back, it's not going to work for you. So yes. that's, that's the same thing. We think our problem is this. Yes. Well, the problem is this. So for example, I was helping a lady, she was complaining about relationships and I said something to her, did some work with her. She came back two weeks later, said, Anil, you won't believe what happened. I said, you found someone? She said, no, my son has been giving me so much love. He's, cuddling me, kissing me, looking after me, I never thought that was ever going to happen. Gosh. It's so beautiful. It is. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. Gosh. That's quite touching, actually. It is. It is. You know, we, 
as human beings, we get married, we get divorced, not a problem. But when we lose the love for a child, that is the most painful thing. If you have, if, if a parent has lost touch of, with a child and they're listening now and they're thinking, well, look, what I'm hearing sounds good, but what do I do for the first steps? How can I break the ice, the iceberg, the massive <laughs> boundaries, you know, yeah. and talk the language that my son or daughter will understand? How can yeah. they, what advice would you give them? Stop trying to change your children. Stop trying to fix them. Don't lecture them. Instead, get into their world. Hey, son, what's your favorite music? Hey, son, you remember when you were six, we used to do this, this, and this. And when you were eight, you won this championship. And when you were 10, you were so happy. Here, here's a photo of us, you know, camping. You remember those days? You're building rapport. You're making him feel good. And you're acknowledging and saying, son, you know what? The day you were born was the happiest day of my life. Thank you for giving me that gift. How important is it not to be too judgmental with your children? It's vital. You know, when they were born, were you judgmental? No. <laughs> when, you, when you're judgmental, in the moment you're judgmental, you cannot love that child. You cannot. Why would you do that? Mm. Another thing for me to think about doing this. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I don't say something, it means there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, dear, dear, dear. So your life now, do you, do you live a simple life now? More simple than before? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's simple because I'm on a mission to reach a billion people. But I, I have simple needs. Yes. No, I, 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 I don't care what I eat. It's simple food. Yes. Um, I just play tennis. I go for a walk, bike rides. Spend, we, my greatest joy is playing cards with my family. Greatest joy. And uh, we laugh. We, we watch TV together. We have fun. It's the simple things. I used to fly 70, 80 flights a year. I don't miss that because I'm with my family. And, you know, but I'm on a mission, so I, I need to meet different people in different areas. So that gets a little bit complicated. Okay. But basically, my, my needs are so simple, so simple. Right. What, what, now you've given a lot of advice during the course of the summer. What do you think is the most important thing for people that, have, that are living the Western life and, and doing the jobs, coming home late at night, not having much time for their family? What single piece of advice would you think is the most important to turn the life? Most important. Yeah. You know, uh, one word or less. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll switch that. <laughs> you said one word or less. I said nothing. <laughs> the two most important things in life are relationships and health. Relationships. Focus, focus yeah. on those two things. Yeah. You know, what do you want to be remembered for in your deathbed? The guy that worked too much in the office? No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have, have more balance in your life. Don't have a balanced life. Have more balance. Because life is like an equilibrium. Sometimes you have to work too hard. Sometimes you play too hard. Yeah. But it's okay. But it's like this. Yeah. Focus on what's important. Communicate. Give. 
grow and be grateful. And the number one thing is this, have awareness. Awareness gives you clarity. Clarity gives you focus. Focus gives you action. Action gives you results. Results gives you momentum. You cannot be joyous. You cannot be fulfilled. You cannot be in love without awareness. That's the master discipline we need to work on, all of us. Right. Wow. Well, it's been amazing having you on, Sam. I, I knew I'd enjoy our talk. <laughs> I just knew it. I knew it. <laughs> no, I, thanks for catching me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're, uh, everything, you, you, you're absolutely reek of positivity and happiness. You know, you don't just... I thought, I thought you said, are you absolutely reek? <laughs> Well, I should have inserted a pause there, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, I still could have got away with it because <laughs> you, can, you can edit it out. It's been really enjoyable our talking. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm just so blessed to to be here and really honoured that you're changing so many lives. Really grateful to you. Well, yeah, I, th I think we are, we're, we're reaching a lot of people and, you know, and, um, yes. and, uh, making, making positive changes in their lives and what you're doing, your mission that you're on, your goal, 1 billion. Well, good luck. There's a lot of people, a lot of friends that you've got to make. <laughs> yeah. If you have any friends out there, let me know. <laughs> no, I haven't found them yet. Uh, no, actually I've got a lot. It's, um, it's, it's you, um, it was my birthday yesterday, as you know, and, uh, and I had so many people wish me happy birthday and I thought, gosh, I didn't know. I, I had so many friends, so many people that, that seemed to like me. I mean, okay, that's, that's a bit of a stretch of the imagination, but it's just, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, like, um, you know, I'm from a small country and there's maybe three or four people and about 20 million sheep there. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. To think that I've got so many people out there, so many people that I meet, yes. that's a bit sad, but you know, because they're in so many diverse and different countries, but I want to meet them, I'd love to meet them. Yes. And you know what, John, can I tell you something? Yes. People will always remember how you made them feel, and we never know the impact we have on other people. It's very powerful. Thank you, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Chanel, for your time, which you've thank uh, you. given to us. You, you take care. That's Lady. All right, take care. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Bye bye.